Let's begin by all joining together in praying. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight. For you are our rock, you are our redeemer. Amen. Where are you? These three words must have sent shivers up Adam's spine as he heard God say them. But these three words probably also sent Adam back to think through everything that had just happened so that he could actually understand how he'd have to answer now because so much had changed. He probably thought back to the beginning. He remembered how God had placed him in the middle of this garden and gave him the responsibility to take care of it. He ate from all the trees of the garden because God had given everything for food for him. Well, except for that one tree, right, that God warned him not to eat from. But with so many other trees around, that didn't bother Adam. There was plenty of food. When he realized that he was missing his pair, as he named all the animals, and they walked two by two, male and female, and he understood that, God gave him Eve, his wife. And he brought her to him. And Eve brought him joy and happiness and a life that was better than the life that he had ever known to that point. I think it's safe to say in the beginning, life for Adam was just good. And then the snake came. When it asked about what they could eat, well, you've told it what God said. That they could eat it all except for that one because God warned that if they eat that one, then they're going to die. And Adam would think back on how that should have been the end of this. But instead, they stayed and listened to more. The snake then told them that God was holding out on them. That if they ate from that one tree, they'd get to be like God. They would know more. As Adam sat there trying to think of what he would say, he wished he could go back and warn Eve about what he was going to do. But now that was too late. And really, he thought back to his own failure there. He stood there. He watched what she was doing. He didn't say a word to her. He took the fruit and ate some for himself, too. And he remembered how in that moment they did learn something. They learned what happens whenever you disobey God. It ruins everything. They then had to feel shame for the first time. And they tried their best, just like me trying to do hide and seek, they tried their best in silly ways to cover up. And then something new shot through their bodies as they're trying to cover up and hide themselves. They heard the Lord God their creator, the one who loved them absolutely, walked through the garden and they felt this for the first time. It was fear. They sprinted in the opposite direction and hid behind a few trees and that's when Adam's heart really started to sink because God called out to him, Hey, where are you? He was hiding. 
He had failed. He had been in the fight of his life. And now he had to come face to face with the fact that he lost. Shame filled his head. It drifted down into his heart. He had sinned. And his sin messed up the entire world too. I think it's fair to say that strategy is going to play a pretty big role in whether you win or you lose at whatever you're doing, right? It's, uh, it's true in combat. Some of you know better than me. It's true in sports. It's true on family game night, even when you're just pulling out the board games. Maybe you could think of strategy as trying to answer the question, how? Like, how you're going to encircle the enemy troops so that they've got no way to get reinforcements or supplies coming to them. Or how you're going to put the full court press on so that the other team doesn't have the chance to get the ball to their 6'10 giant forward who's going to dunk on you every single time so you stop it from getting that far on the court. Or how you buy up all the cheapest properties on that one side of the board and you put hotels on that side as absolutely fast as you possibly can. Just a little hint, that's the best monopoly strategy that you can do. Because then you're going to win. Strategy is this how. Whenever you're going up against somebody else, and strategy really can make you that winner or it can sink you and your team to the bottom. So let's pull this back a little bit. Let's think through what's the strategy that we see at work here between Adam and Eve and the devil going on. He was after their heads because he knew everything else was going to follow that. Listen to the doubt he plants first. He says, did God really say? Did he really say this? You must not eat from any tree in the garden. When Eve does the right thing and echoes God's command, the devil pushes just a little bit further for the head. You will not certainly die. For God knows that when you eat of this, your eyes are going to be opened. And you will be like God, knowing good and evil. And he had them. He had convinced them in their heads that this was the right thing, that this was a good thing. And the rest of this is just the sad history of the biggest defeat in all of history. Adam and Eve, zero, devil, one forever. And it's after the fight is over and they're covered with this shame and their guilt and they think through how big of a loss that they just went through that God comes and calls out to them and just gently asks, where are you? As soon as he asked, they must have realized that instead of sticking with him and his promises, that they had just lost to a good strategy, but from a really weak, weak opponent. Now, I know you're here and you're not hiding behind some trees in the Garden of Eden after the first sin. But if God's going to ask you that question this morning, how would you answer today? Where are you? Are you with me? Or are you against me? Are you on my side, the side that cannot lose? Or have you found yourself somewhere else? 
do you've got something that you're trying to hide? Like Adam, you probably don't have to think back too far to understand what the answer to that question would have to be for you. Because let's just admit it, you and I are all too often, too easily going along with this halfway decent strategy from this awful and weak enemy and we go along with the devil. Think through all the strategies or think through all the roles that God has given you in your life. Maybe you are a husband or a wife. Maybe you're a parent. Maybe you're a child. You're a Christian, member of Ascension, church visitor here, a student, a teacher, a friend, a neighbor, a worker, a retired person. In all of these roles, whatever place that God has placed you right now, how often would God find you doing the kind of things that you should be doing in those roles? Or how many times would God find you giving in to the temptations that aren't really all that great? Do you find yourself being lazy and doing the bare minimum at your work, at your school? Instead of using up your free time for good, is it used by stirring up gossip and drama? Would you let God look at your internet history from the last week to see where you've been online? Do you find that you have a low opinion of other people because of their race or age or gender? Yeah, the devil works hard to get us away from God and to fall to his strategies and every defeat that we go through makes us scared for God to call out, hey, where are you? But maybe here's some good news. Uh, <clears throat> don't worry about hiding. You kind of got to laugh at this, right? God is bad at hide and seek. Like, historically bad at hide, at hide and seek. Like, the very worst there could ever be. Why? Because... Silly Adam and Eve, silly you and me. God knows everything. God sees everything. God knows exactly where you are. It's just as dumb as trying to hide behind a water bottle where you can still see somebody. You can't hide from God behind a tree or a dark room or anywhere. When God calls out, where are you? He already knows where you are. So that's why when God asks, where are you? This is not for anything bad. This is just for Adam's good. It's so that Adam realizes that he isn't where he should have been. But watch the defenses come up. Adam answered God, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from this tree that I commanded you not to eat from? Well, and the answer was, the woman you gave me, the woman you put here, she gave me some fruit for the tree, and, and then I ate it because of her. And then he goes to Eve, and Eve wasn't ready to admit how foolish she'd been that she had lost too. Then he asked the woman, what's this you have done? And the woman said, the serpent deceived me, and I ate. And you just hear their responses, and your reaction is probably the same as mine. What a bunch of sore losers. Every excuse they could have brought out, they tried to bring out. Blame her. Blame him. It wasn't me. It's not my fault. Blame the devil. Blame everybody else except myself. 
And it's in this moment that you know what God should have done here, right? They sin, they hide from you, they don't own up to their sins. I mean, from their responses, they look every bit as much God's enemies, wanting to be on the loser side of things. But amazingly, this is what they hear instead. God says, and I will put enmity, hostility between you, Adam and Eve, and the devil. And between your offspring, devil, and hers. The dividing line that God set in the sand wasn't between them and God. God would draw the line between them and him and the devil on the other side. He would bring them back over to his side. He was promising a solution for what they had done. God promised a champion even for those who were defeated. And this new champion wouldn't lose. And the results of that battle were going to be permanent too. God said, He will crush your head, devil, snake, and you will strike his heel. This would be the end of the devil. This would mean victory for the people who too often fall on that side of defeat. This champion was going to change everything. And that's what we saw our Savior doing in the gospel lesson for today. He was crushing the devil by beating his temptations. Satan tried really hard and with a good strategy, trying to twist and turn God's word to get Jesus to come over to his side, to stop doing what needed to be done. But Jesus didn't. He rejected him. He crushed him. He defeated him. Jesus was perfect in his role as the Savior. And this is why when you haven't been faithful, when you haven't done what you should do, when you haven't gone where you should go, when you're trying to hide, look back at God's promises here. And he's going to tell you exactly where you are. You are not his enemy you are not on the side of losing. No, because of Jesus, God has brought you back over to his side. You are where you absolutely should be. Your sins have been crushed along with the devil. Where are you? You're with God. You're on God's side and because you're with him, you get to be with the champion who won the fight for you. And now that you are on God's side and that's where God has you staying, of course, you're going to work hard to do the kind of things that God calls you to do in your life. You're going to look for opportunities to fulfill all the responsibilities that you have in all these different roles. You're going to find joy and contentment and peace being where you should be. You will reject the devil's temptations even when they look good and sound good. And when you fail, you're going to admit that it's only because of Jesus that you get to be where you are today. Where are you? Instead of fear, instead of hiding, instead of running away, because of Jesus, you're on God's side. And this is the right place to be. He's not going to lose. And you're going to get to live in his victory forever. Amen.